Good Monday morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul, it is February, let's check it out, 12th, 2020, 20, no, it is early, 2024, year of our Lord. Hey, glad that you've joined us for this round of our pastoral devotional. So if you're new to these things, um, what we endeavor to do is to take a passage of Scripture and unpack it over the course of the week. And we are typically looking at the passage that we're going to be preaching on for that upcoming Sunday. So for this season, we're walking through Matthew's gospel. And the reason we're, we're looking at the text ahead of time, um, a few reasons. Number one, I find it super helpful just in my own personal devotional life and preparation for the, the message that week. Um, but two, I think as you're getting a sense of how I'm thinking about a passage, of how I'm approaching it, the questions I'm asking, the context, et cetera, that that will hopefully give you some tools for your own exegetical tool belt so that you can study and understand and apply the Word of God for yourself. So that's what we are um, about. Now, we are up to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. And if you say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Paul, th those were the verses that we looked at last week, you would be correct, but decided after getting into this last week that there's so many questions, so many issues um, to, to wrestle through that uh, it just it seemed, you know, I think I, I said this uh, yesterday at church, it's, it's homiletical malpractice, right, to try to, to, try to pull that off. So we're, we're cutting the passage in half, and um, not in a rigid way, but, but looking at the first portion and now the second portion. So let me read the whole passage. Let me review where we've been, and then let's um, try to set a, a course, a trajectory for this week in our times together. So Matthew 16, 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So this past week and, and yesterday during the sermon, we, we mainly camped out in um, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, those, those, uh, those first four or five verses there. I think the first five. And um, not to re-preach that message, but just this sort of gives us a running start into um, our devotionals this week. But, but, but this, is, this marks an amazingly pivotal point in Matthew's gospel, right? This is where Jesus's full um, orbed identity comes into clearest focus thus far. Peter makes this startling, amazing confession you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This isn't just the Messiah, although he is. He's not just a Son of God, although he is. He is the Son of God, 
God in flesh, God incarnate. And it's based upon this confession that Jesus says, your future, the church, the future of the church, the future of your spiritual lives is certain. It's not up for grabs. Um, just as I revealed these things to you supernaturally, disciples, so in the same way, I'm going to um, supernaturally, sovereignly um, use you to build my church. Okay, so that, that, that's where we've been. Now, I want us to start in verse 18. Um, and I want what, what I would want to do here is I would want to flag all of the things that we have immediate questions about. All right, so we kind of have got the context in view, and having covered this last week, we have a lot of the context in view. But I want to use this first um, out of the shoot, first session out of the shoot on Monday morning to kind of flag what I think are going to be important issues to explore and to get you to do a little exegetical homework. Okay, so. All right, we're through verse 17 and in verse 18, and it says, I tell you, Peter, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Okay, so, so th there's a few things immediately that jump out to us, okay? And some of these things are not going to be obvious to us in um, English. There would be ones that we would have to go back and look at the original text in the Greek, and the first one, obviously, is this. He says that you are Peter. We have to ask, what in the world is that? Where did, where did that come from? What's the significance of this word, Peter? And then and on this rock, I will build my church. What, what rock? What, what, what is the rock? And I'll just give you a, a hint that the word for rock and the word for Peter are virtually the same word, okay? But again, that's not something that you would know by looking at the English translation. You need to go back and look at the languages. And even if you don't know the languages at all, there are biblical helps for you. There's Logos, that's a Bible software that I use. Um, even your Bible might have a footnote in it, okay? And so, so mine, mine has a footnote, has a footnote right by Rock. And it says, by that footnote, um, let's see what it says. The Greek word for Peter and rock sounds similar. So, so you don't even have to be a Bible scholar to, to, to kind of just do a little basic research and you find that. So, so what is the relationship between Peter, Simon being renamed Peter, and then Jesus saying that on this rock, what exactly is the rock? Is it Peter? Is it what Peter has said? Is it the apostles? Is it, what, what is this rock? And of course, what you're going to find as you begin to delve into this is that biblical commentaries, interpreters give a variety of responses to this, and it is no um, easy solution. I mean, I, I think it's clear what's being said, but we'll, we'll come to that. But there's a lot of implications for how you interpret that verse, both for Protestants, for Roman Catholics, for et cetera. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing we want to look at is to say, I will build my church. What, what is the church? Okay, this is the first time in Matthew's gospel where we have seen the word church. What does the word church mean? And again, that's going to require us to go to the original languages. And I'll just give you a hint. The word for church is ecclesia, in which we get ecclesiastical or ecclesial, ecclesiastical authority. Okay, but what, what are we talking about here? Um, is this a church as an institution or it's, is, it pe is it people? Well, what's he saying? 
then the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Again, um, what do we mean by hell here? Are we talking about the, the, the torment of everlasting punishment, the fire and brimstone, the lake of fire, where Satan and his minions will be cast at the end of the ages? Is that what is being talked about there? Or, or is hell, and again, got to know the Greek word, okay, um, is literally Hades, which can mean death or the, or the, the land of the dead. So he's saying he'll build the church. The gates of hell should not prevail against it. Does hell have gates? What, what does this mean? Um, is there a pitched battle between the church and hell? Is, is, is one attacking the other? What is the role of gates? That's another question people would have. Now, if you thought that was a little complex, then we really jump off into the deep end. Verse 19, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. Now, if there's gates of hell keys of the kingdom, you, you would think maybe somehow those go together. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, those are, um, those sound strange to us. W what is Jesus saying there? Um, who is doing the binding? Who is doing the loosing? What does it mean to bind? What does it mean to loose? Okay. And again, there, there are no easy, immediate solutions just by looking at the text, right? It's going to require us to understand what those terms mean, bind and loose. So this is a, this is a heavy Greek lesson. And again, if you don't know Greek, it's okay. I don't know it very well. But study Bibles, commentaries, um, uh, software packages can all be things that help you access this. And then finally, verse 20, then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Now, what is all that about? Here we have um, Jesus or Peter giving the clearest Christological confession we have seen in the Gospels thus far. Could not be clearer. He's the son of the living God, Jesus is. Why then would Jesus want to keep that quiet? Why would he... Why would he want to keep that on the down low? And I think, again, to give you a hint, the fact that he refers to himself as the Christ, that maybe, just maybe, this has to do with the interpretation or the expectation of what, people's, what people were expecting the Christ to do or the Messiah to do, okay? And so, so here is your mission if you choose to accept it. Um, camp out on 18, 19, and 20. Camp out in a, in a really direct way. I would, you know, if you can get your hands on a study Bible, a commentary, um, a couple of ones that I use, RT France. Um, there's another by, um, gosh, this name is not coming to me. I use, I use a couple of different ones. Th those are all, but RT France is a really good one. You can also, again, um, go to uh, the Bible Project. They'll have different resources online for you to check out, okay? There, there's a variety of things. You can go to Ligonier website, Desiring God. Um, these are all different websites, resources that you can use to help you in this. But it's clearly, we've jumped off into the deep end of the pool. And my encouragement, just as a few things you definitely wanna do, what other times in Matthew does Jesus use the word church? 
That, that would be one to go look at. What are the other times that Jesus is warning um, people not to tell anyone about him that we see in Matthew? What, what, what's going on there? Like, what are other examples? And then finally, um, what do you think the relationship between Peter and Rock is? Okay. And as, just as a hint, that's going to take us into the very heart of this passage. And we're going to pick it right back up there tomorrow with Peter and the rock. We do all this so that it will encourage you to delve into God's word. And um, sometimes that can be, a, well, I'll be honest with you, uh, it's a little, it, could, it can be a, um, a lengthy process. But just like anything, physical exercise or weightlifting or training, it yields a harvest of righteousness. So go, therefore, and do your Bible study. Let's pray. Lord, we ask for your help this week as we unpack this passage together. Lord, give us wisdom, insight, understanding. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.